Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Welcome to the next episode of ReChurch. This is Marshall Fant with GFA Missions. Got a special treat today. Uh, this is going to be a family recording. I have my son, Marshall. Marshall, welcome. Oh, thank you. So, Marshall, tell everyone you pastor at Harvest Baptist Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Yes. Yeah, I'm at Harvest Baptist. I grew up here. Uh, yeah. This is where our family came back in 1995 and 96. And we moved to Rock Hill in 96. And grew up in the church, came on staff in 2009 as a youth pastor, and then became a senior pastor just a couple of years ago in 2017. So really thankful for the opportunity to serve here. Love the ministry, love the people, and really just grateful for the opportunity to be in ministry. Great. Thanks for taking time today. Yeah, I love it. So, all right, let's set the stage for this. I heard you do a workshop on vulnerability in ministry. Right, vulnerability and accountability. Vulnerability and accountability. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the two go hand in hand. I think so. Yeah, they have to. Um, in order to be accountable, you have to be vulnerable. And all of us have different levels of vulnerability that we're comfortable with. You know, some people feel very uncomfortable being vulnerable or accountable to anybody. And I like in those people, I, in my mind, I draw pictures of like standard levels of accountability or standard levels of vulnerability. All right. So let's draw. I think yeah. you've got four. So if you right. think of these four pictures on the extreme least vulnerable side, the most guarded. I, I label that person like Fort Knox. Okay. okay, they are guarded, they are secure, there is no entry at all, and no one's getting in. I, I liken this to like a drill sergeant. If you're going to boot camp and you've got your drill sergeant, he's not gonna ask you, he's not interested in talking to you about your personal feelings, he's not gonna open up about his personal feelings. He is there to intimidate and to lead you in a certain way and to tell you what to do. And so. Some people are very uncomfortable with being vulnerable, and I liken them to that. And some people ministry that way. I, yeah, I think so. They, they just lock it down. They, they're, yeah, for whatever reason, maybe they're nervous, maybe they feel uh, insecure, or maybe they've just been taught that by their culture of ministry they grew mm -hmm. up in. Whatever the case, they think that that is strength, that that's leadership, and just locking it down and being unwilling to open up at all. All right, so culture now. Tell our listeners, so how old are you? I'm 35. Yeah. All right, you did work as a student you did a lot of work at the wilds over the right, summer did ministry right. there you've done internships as right. a pastor you've been a youth pastor and been a senior pastor right. going on your third year right. and so your culture looking at this through your eyes you see four yeah so, so first is fort knox like fort knox okay. like right, completely so guarded you've got guards and the second i think of more uh as like a file drawer you know in my house i have a file cabinet and in that file cabinet are my tax returns they are my Personally, my will. There are things in that that are personal. They're private. They're not really something that I, you know, I, I give out when someone right. walks in the door. But if you have a, the key here is you keep things in a file drawer to keep them away from prying eyes. Uh, you don't leave your bank statements out just on the kitchen counter. You know, you put them away. But but when those have authority to ask you about those things, you're open with them and you're honest with them about that. So if the IRS were to audit me, <laughs> hope not, but yeah. they, would, they would show up to my house yeah. and I would, I would have that file drawer and I'd pull it out and they have authority to look at that. Right. And, and so there's that mental picture. The third mental picture, oh, go ahead. No, so the next more vulnerable. Yeah, if we, if we move along yeah. our, our line here yeah. of more vulnerable, it's like a bookshelf. There you and, go. And, you know, you go and walk into somebody's house, bookshelf is public, it's there, it's, you know, it's 
available for you to look at. You can even take down a book and flip through it. There is availability to all, but people would need to come and like ask questions, you know, but you're available. And uh, the most vulnerable or the most open, I would say, I I like to picture this as like a, uh, for lack of a better term, like a Best Buy television. Like you walk into Best Buy, the electronics store, which I'm I'm prone to do. I like that store. And I walk (laughs) in and and what do you see but a wall full of TVs and they're all blaring at you. They're all trying to get your attention. They are on and they are public. And so public display of public your life. Public display. And, yeah. and really, I think sometimes the guys who tend this direction, uh, one of the people I was talking with about this one time said, that sounds like my four-year-old. <laughs> I think there's some <laughs> immaturity there, right? Okay. That, that there is a tendency to get attention or to reach out and try to, to be open. And there, sometimes that comes from a really good heart, a desire to be open. Well, but perhaps... Maybe not discretion maybe or no wisdom. Dis- there is zero discretion, yeah. Okay. yeah about who who hears and who sees what's going on. And so So in the life of the pastor, on this continuum of four, Fort Knox, file drawer, bookshelf, and Best Buy TV. All right, so Best Buy TV is going to be very dangerous, right? Wouldn't you classify that? Yes, it can be very dangerous. Before I get any further, as we think about those pictures, one of the things I like to point out, and I wasn't the first one who said this, but is that in vulnerability and in accountability, there is a difference between what is private and what is secret. Okay, We're explain. talking about privacy with an individual. Uh, people often are very nervous about opening up about their own weaknesses. And uh, we're not talking about you keeping things secret from people. We're talking about there are things in a person's life that may not be for public consumption, that may not be for, you know, uh, Best Buy television level exploitation, you know, sitting there and just screaming at everyone. Such as personal sermon illustrations sure. publicly given. Sure, yeah. And you need discretion, I, you need wisdom, exactly. right? You know, if you're struggling in an area, it may not be wise, if, especially if it's a raw, to be publicly talking about this in front of your church congregation. Um, I have a story about a man I knew who we were talking about his mother's funeral. And he said to me, well, this church in town where she was attending at the time she died, he said, uh, yeah, I'm not letting that pastor do her funeral because he's a pervert. And I was very taken aback when he said this. And he basically talked about how this man had disclosed from the pulpit in a sermon how he himself, this pastor, was a porn addict. Hmm. He was struggling with porn addiction. He didn't even say he was struggling with it. He just admitted, hey, he said, I'm a porn addict. And the problem was that, you know, there is a way to go through it. If you, right. if you have a pastor struggling with this, go to your, your deacons, your other pastor's Seek help, seek accountability, seek um, maybe there's a time to step away to get discipled through that. But do not just blare that publicly. It really caused a huge hurdle for some people because it was such a, uh, a problem. And I think that that's a danger. And so pastors ought to you know, try to be open about their struggles. We're, you know, we don't want to be, I say this uh, in, in my workshop, that we're not perfect. And we don't want to ever tell our people that we're perfect. Paul himself, when he speaks to people, often talks about his own weaknesses. He calls himself the chief of sinners. And in doing that, he admits that he is a sinner. He needs a savior. And he is not perfect. All right. So on the other end of that, if a pastor is Fort Knox, to where everything is locked down, you know, everything is secure, 
no one's getting into his life, then basically you're summarizing that, if I remember right, with something, then he's not going to have a ministry. Yeah, because there's a problem of distance that ministers have, and I call it just the problem of distance, that we, because of our ministries, because of our likes and dislikes, because of our work schedule, and how much time we spend in the Word of God, we spend far more time, we should be spending far more time in God's Word than your average uh, layperson. So there are things that might interest you about God's Word that the average person just doesn't understand. You know, a lot of us study Greek and Hebrew. Uh, you know, we may be deep into theological discussions that your person in the pew has no clue. So you have to bridge that distance. And some people choose to bridge it with interest. You know, if you're in our part of the country and near the Charlotte area, you know, what's big around here is college football and NASCAR racing. So yeah. you might, you know, we have a NASCAR track up in Concord and there's a lot of people who go to the races. And you, you know, if you know something about NASCAR, that may take you a long way in getting into someone's life. And, right. and you know, but other people, instead of sharing interests, they share themselves, which is very important. You need to share yourself. The scripture is, is very clear about that. But the key is if you don't share yourself, if you're not willing to open up about your own struggles and how the Word of God looks lived out, then you're really going to have a limited ministry. All right, so the way you define that is the problem of distance. Right. So with the people you minister to, you're trying to build a relationship to be... Trying to bridge that gap. Bridge the gap to be open enough where you have common interest, but not to be the Fort Knox or the Best Buy television, right? Correct, Uh yeah. This is the struggle I think all of us have, and all of us would admit this, that, you know, we really want to be open, but there is a problem that... We're nervous sometimes about how much we divulge and how much we're open. So quick story, when I was a youth pastor, I took a mission trip. And on this mission trip, the Lord had been working in my heart in some very specific areas. And it was very fresh. It was very new. In fact, it was on that trip that God was really working on me. And I shared with some of the young men in one of our car rides about the specifics about how God had been working and and really kind of exposing my heart and convicting me and what happened was in my vulnerability in my openness to them uh, one of the young men who was very immature took my testimony of God's working in my life and he turned it around and used it against me the Mm. rest of the time we were on the mission trip and it really bothered me because here I was trying to do what was right. Here I was trying to be a good youth pastor. I was trying to reach out. I was trying to be kind. And not and only that, I was, yeah, I was trying to be transparent and show them, hey, guys, God is working in my heart too. And he was not the person who could have helped me. And so this is why I think it's so important, and this is really the key when it comes to transparency and vulnerability and accountability, that you need to find someone whose desire for you is to build you up has the authority to ask you the right questions. That's that's really the key. It's okay to be transparent. You need to be open with your people. But when it comes to things, especially accountability issues, you really need to have someone in your life who has some sort of authority in your life, who can ask you the hard questions and who has the desire to build you up. All right, I want to come back there. Okay. You talked about that we are to be vulnerable. You made the comment that really obedience, we have a biblical responsibility to be vulnerable. You went to 1 Timothy 1.15. So you want to just read that yeah, and talk through your thoughts So 1 that. Timothy 1.15, as Paul writes, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Okay. So here's the Apostle Paul who lays out to Timothy here, look, I am a sinner, he says. He shows his vulnerable side. Even in Galatians 2.11, Paul talks about withstanding Peter to the face. This idea that Peter was not perfect. I mean, here's one of the apostles. Paul's openly talking about their disagreements. 
in the first John one is a key passage because the culture you have to develop in your ministry, I believe very, very seriously that we have to develop a culture of repentance. First John one, really starting in verse five and six, all the way through chapter two, it tells us that we have a responsibility to know God who is light and that we need to be honest with ourselves that look, if you say you have not sinned, you're lying to yourself and to God. That's mm. verses 8 and 10. And then verse 9, he tells us that our responsibility is to confess our sin because God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it's such a, a liberating truth to the believer to say, look, you need to be in a habit of confession. That is how you're going to grow. And accountability, vulnerability with the right people, having someone who you can go to and say, will you hold me accountable in these areas, whether it's witnessing whether it's handing out tracts, whether it's your accountability with your wife or your husband uh, or your situation with your children, whether it's a, a personal holiness issue or habits or whatever the case might be, your responsibility should be that you are growing. You don't have this all figured out. No one has this all figured out. We are growing and changing and walking in the light as God calls us to be. All right. Now, with that point, you made about four sub-points that were really right, important. Right. And one of them was, again, from the pastor, minister's point of view, our people know we're not perfect. Right. All right, so you laid out four ways that we can consciously communicate, just like you said from First John, we're a sinner. Right. And you're learning how to follow Christ. So would you just touch on those sure. points briefly? Yeah. This is just an easy way to show people in your church that you don't think you are perfect. And uh, I think people in the church tend to elevate their pastors. They tend to think, wow, I love my pastor. You know, he's such a great guy. You have those people who say things like, oh, I, I love my pastor. I can't even think that he would sin. And I know that comes from a heart of love. But as pastors, we need to remind people that, you know, number one, you don't need to have all the answers. I'm young. I don't mind saying I don't know. People ask me questions. Sometimes I think, you know, I have never heard that question ever. And I don't know how to respond to that. And so I don't have any problem saying, you know, I'll just have to get back with you at a later time. I don't know. The second thing is you need to be willing to admit when you're wrong or when you're unsure about something. Because we're going to make mistakes and yeah. we don't need to double down on those mistakes. We need to just admit, yes, right. I was wrong. I've had to do that. I've had to say, you know what? When I said such and such, I was wrong. You know, someone so-and-so corrected me. Allowing people in your church to, to know that you are okay with admitting you're wrong. The third one's harder. And that is we need to speak highly of other ministries so other people don't think you're the only person in the whole world following Jesus. <laughs> and so I say that basically. This that, is important. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's that we don't think that we are the only game in town, so to speak. We know there are other ministries preaching the gospel. They may differ from us in philosophy and minor things and major things. But like Paul says, you know, I rejoice that Christ is preached. And so we tell people when they come here, look, our church... We have a philosophy. We desire to, to please the Lord. We do things. We think through what we do. However, there are differences. Good men differ. Just because you disagree with us or just because you go to another church doesn't mean that you're somehow less of a Christian. And, and the last one. Which I got a lot of humor out of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't present yourself as a hero. Don't present. Yes. The last one is is you need to employ self-depreciating humor in a yeah. tasteful way. Yeah. As I tell illustrations about my life, I try not to make myself the hero. I think we've all heard sermons or lessons where the person speaking, whether intentionally or not, gives the impression that they're the, the hero of every story. They're the champion who mm -hmm. we're supposed to emulate. And you know, I think people, at least in my experience, people really appreciate 
being able to see your own foolishness and laugh at it and use yourself as an example of what not to do. Especially as a 35-year-old. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's nothing, uh, I think, worse than having pride in the pulpit. We've got to be humble. Because I would say preach. in this church, 60% are older than you are. That's probably right. Yeah, yeah something like that. So you're yeah. ministering to that. All right, a couple other things. That's great. So you also made a clear statement, showed that you are a learner and a follower. Just comment right. on that. Because, yes, we're leaders. We're called to be leaders, but we're called to be shepherds. And we want to make sure people know that we are following too. Mm -hmm. We're following Christ. And so we're just in a different position of leadership, yes. But as a follower, we're not the one who has all the answers. We're not the leader who is the—we're not the pope. You know, We're not someone who's sitting up here in leadership uh, looking down on people. We are side by side. We are shoulder to shoulder. Paul talks about— when he talks about exhorting people, often that's the picture of coming alongside right. and, and putting your arm around someone's shoulder and saying, let's go this way. And that's the picture that I try to communicate to people so that it lets them know that I don't come down on them speaking from a position of great power. Rather, it's a position of support. Right. And so as we follow Christ, we support one in Galatians 6, 1. If anyone's overtaken in a trespass, you which are spiritual, restore such a one. And notice what he says, with a spirit of gentleness or meekness, mm -hmm. and you've got to be considering yourself too. And I think that applies to pastors, that when we restore people, when we deal with church discipline, when we deal with people who are in sin, we ought never to look at them and think poorly of them because of the sin they're going through. We think, how can I assist this brother? Through how can this I walk time? with them? How can I walk with them? Yeah, through this trial. All right. You also mentioned, we're going to park here a minute, sure. vulnerability with authority figures. So you use the statement uh, using wisdom to whom you should be vulnerable, right? So right. Uh, you must be accountable to someone who has authority to ask you the tough questions. Comment on that. I think this is really where things get very uh, applicable, where we can really dig in because everybody wants to be vulnerable, I think, or maybe they don't. But if you're walking with Christ, I think there is a desire in your heart to be open with your people and to be honest, but like I shared that story earlier, there's a little bit of fear mm -hmm. in there too. And there's a fear of exposure. There's a fear of embarrassment. There's a fear of losing your ability to speak into someone's life. What about doubts? What if you're having doubts about the faith? What if you're having yeah. problems with your marriage? What if you're struggling through a very serious spiritual issue? Those things can really cause great trouble in your life. And you feel like you want to be able to talk, but you don't know who to talk to. All right. In fact, I think in the seminar I heard there was even a question asked of you. Well, if I become vulnerable and I seek out an accountability person, are they not going to think I've got yeah. some major troubles well, in my yeah, life? What are they going to think about me if yeah. I ask for accountability? Well, I, I think that you have to develop a culture and you have to look for culture of accountability. Okay. You have throughout to be, the whole church. Throughout the whole church. Pastoral to, staff, correct. deacons, yeah. So in our church, our pastoral staff, we have a deacon on our deacon board who is in charge. One of his responsibilities, uh, just like it would be a responsibility to have outdoor maintenance or indoor maintenance or accounts payable or anything like that, his responsibility is pastoral relations. And what that means is that he actually meets with us once a month, he'll meet with one of the pastors for lunch, and he'll just talk to us, and we'll have a chance to, to work through things. And that is a private conversation that does not go out to the public. It's not recorded, and we get to really be open. But mm -hmm. also, every week, we have an accountability forum. It's in writing. It's in writing. Of course, it's self-evaluation of how we're doing in our personal devotions. 
whether or not there are unresolved issues in our family, how our eating and exercise has been for that week, everything from that to how many... Take a day off. Did we take, yeah, did we invest the time we should have in ministry? Did we invest the time in our family we should mm-hmm. have? Had we viewed any anything inappropriate online or on television? Do we uh, interact with a, someone of the opposite sex in an inappropriate right. way? Or that could be compromising, I think, as yeah. a language. So everything. Do we hand out tracts? Do we witness to somebody? It's, it's a good, like, 15 And you do that weekly? We do it every week. I do it on Sunday. Right. So Sunday morning, I get here early, and I fill it out, and I turn it into our deacon. I scan it. I sign my name to it and send it to him. Now, the other pastors, they send them to me as well as the deacon. Okay. Because they are directly reporting to me. Right. And if there's any issues that we notice you need in those, we need to be aware of them. Yeah. And we talk through them, and we're very open about these things. And you've got to develop that culture of accountability with those in authority. And so I acknowledge that deacon as my authority in this area. He, even though he's a church member, right. he has been given this responsibility, and he takes it very seriously. I'm very thankful for All that. All right, so you made a comment about this. I think your quote was, you must be accountable to someone who loves you and wants to build you up. Right. Would you comment on that? You, you're quoting a verse here on that, so you want to read the verse because yeah, it's a great application. Oh, yeah. The purpose of leadership is to edify. Uh, the purpose of leadership is not to push down, but to push up, to build up. People in the world, the worldly way of doing things is to use people to get mm-hmm. places. The God-honoring biblical way of doing things is to use things to build people and to encourage people mm-hmm. and to, to lift them up. And so what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 8, 9, he says, even if I should boast somewhat more about our authority, there's our authority, our, our responsibility. Right. He says, which the Lord gave us, notice, for edification and not for your destruction. I shall not be ashamed lest I seem to terrify you by letters. In this very personal letter of 2 Corinthians, Paul is saying, God gave me this responsibility of authority for the purpose of your edification. All right, I quote this verse to say this, that our responsibilities, our connection with authority, we ought to find someone in our lives who has the authority to speak to us in very uh, pointed language, who can ask us the tough questions, who's not afraid to do so, and will do it, but also that their goal is to build us up. And this kind of takes me back to my story I told earlier about this young man on the mission trip. Right. Who I really, in opening up, if I had been dealing with something very sensitive to my heart and very private, perhaps the better solution would have been to go and speak to someone who has the authority in my life to help me and build me up, whose desire for me is not to destroy me. This young man was just so immature that he did not have the discretion to know how to deal with that. And so his tendency was to use it to tear me down rather than build me up. And this, to me, is, is so important because people see accountability or vulnerability as weakness and they right. see danger and they're like, oh, I don't want to go there. But if you go there with someone yeah. who loves you, it can only help you. Everything changes. Everything changes. All right. So in summary, you came away with some very practical considerations. Again, we're talking right. about this as a pastor as you minister, not being, again, as you described, not the Fort Knox, not the Best Buy television, but there is a way we have to be, expose our lives, right? Right. So some practical applications you came away with with this, just kind of wrap it up. So yeah, to wrap it up, like the two middle options, whether it's a bookshelf, and I think your life ought to be a bookshelf in Mm -hmm. in many respects to people. People ought to be able to walk in your life and yeah. see how you do family. See how you live right. out the principles of the Word. Are we not yep. living out God's Word every day? We should be. If anyone should be 
practicing the Word of God, it should be us. Right. And so we ought to invite people into our homes, let people get close to us and see how that works. But there also is that element of a file drawer where we ought to be careful. There are things that we only should give to those who have the authority to be there and the authority to ask those questions because that protects both us and it protects them. But we ought not to keep things secret. We ought to keep things private. I think that's the big distinction I made earlier. So first, don't confuse private with secret. Don't think that because I'm saying you need to have discretion with whom you say, you know, talk about certain things. That means you're keeping areas of your life secret. Far from it. You're actually right. very open, but you're only open with the people who have the desire to build you build up, you up. Yep. rather than tear you down. Secondly, be personal, but not vulnerable with the immature. And this is what I was saying on about having trip. a bookshelf. Yeah, and on a mission trip, that you should be personal. People should be able to come into your life and see how you live life and eat dinner with you and play games with you and your family. Third, this is kind of what I was just saying, but let people into your life, into your home. You've got to be personal. You've got to be open. And, and lastly, of course, be open with the proper individuals. So don't confuse private with secret. Be personal with the immature, but not vulnerable with them. Let them into your home. And also just be open and vulnerable with those who are the proper individuals in your life. Great. So if we've got a pastor listening and he wants to institute this culture of accountability and vulnerability in his church, would you give your email address so maybe you can email them the sheet that y'all use here? Absolutely. You can email me at pastor, P-A-S-T-O-R, at harvestrockhill.org. And if you email me, I'll be glad to send you our accountability form. I'll be glad to send you my notes from my sessions I did. I'll be glad to help you in any way you possibly can because I think, number one, if you're interested in doing something like this or trying to institute this, I would spend some time teaching this to your leadership team, whatever right. that is, yep. that the point of growing and changing every day, our goal is to walk with God. And when he brings sin to our eyes, when he shows us where we've sinned, that we are to immediately confess and repent. And that ought to be a cultural thing. It's not something that we should be embarrassed about. So vulnerability, accountability, hand in hand. Hand in hand. Absolutely. And really, I think I know you well enough. So with the deacon that's in charge of pastoral relations, as well as your wife, right? Mm-hmm. You, we're accountable in those yep. areas. Do you send your wife a copy of that accountability sheet? Yeah, so sheet? what we do is, well, what my wife gets, for example, let me give you, uh, there's, a, there's a man in our church who recently I worked through some internet-related mm-hmm. counseling issues mm-hmm. with him. And so we became partners on Covenant Eyes, which is a software program you can install right. on your computer that will keep you accountable to someone. And my wife gets a copy of that every single week. She'll get yeah. a copy of my accountability thing from Covenant Eyes that lists anything. In fact, it's, it's kind of funny. Sometimes it'll list things that aren't even, you know, I'll be doing some research on uh, teenagers hooked on pornography and then that'll get flagged. So <laughs> anything that's related to these kinds of things yeah. gets flagged and sent to her. So she's aware and that gives her a yeah. peace of mind. And sure. she knows that I'm accountable to her yeah. and I'm also accountable to these people here at church. And I think it's safe that she knows you're accountable to another man. And, and I'm also, right. And so this other man and yeah. I yeah. also get each other's right. accountability. So, but I think it's safety for a pastor's wife to know, sure. okay, I'm not really, he's accountable to somebody else. I'm being included. Right. So I know what's going on. I don't expect, and I know people might differ on this, but I don't expect my wife to be the one to have to no. confront me on this. No. If I, I were agree. to fail in an area, no. I don't want her to be the only one that knows. Right. I want other men who can, this is what I said earlier about having someone who can speak into your life sure. truth, but has the authority to do so, who can hold your feet to the fire. And not that my wife doesn't have a, <laughs> authority. She, yeah. she, you know, yeah. she, I love her. And, and, but, but, that, but, but to have someone on the deacon board who also yeah. is engaged with me in these areas who I send these accountability forms to and things like that. 
It uh, almost puts her outside her biblical role. Yeah. It, yeah. It, this yeah. is more of a yeah. comfort. I don't want to make her responsible to, that burden, yeah. to, with that burden. So, All right. Yeah. Well, it's great. I want to thank you for your time today. I want to thank Sarah Hartwick back in the office and for GFA for sponsoring this. If you got topics or a follow-up with this podcast, email me, mfant at gfamissions.org, mfant at gfamissions.org. Uh, Marshall, great talking to you. Thank Again, you. a little family talk here. Look forward to some more. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org consulting.